chapter forty seven of nature and art this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by lindabry nielsen vancouver b c nature and art by elizabeth ichabald chapter forty seven by forming a humble scheme for their remaining life a scheme depending upon their own exertions alone on no light promises of pretended friends and on no sanguine hopes of certain success but with prudent apprehension with fortitude against disappointment henry his son and rebecca now his daughter found themselves at the end of one year in the enjoyment of every comfort with such distinguished minds knew how to taste exempt both from patronage and from control healthy alive to every fruition with which nature blesses the world dead to all out of their power to attain the works of art susceptible of those passions with endear human creatures one to another insensible to those which separate man from man they found themselves the thankful inhabitants of a small house or hut placed on the borders of the sea each morning wakes the father and the son to cheerful labor in fishing or the tending of the garden the produce of which they carry to the next market town the evening sends them back to their home in joy where rebecca meets them at the door affectionately boasts of the warm meal that is ready and heightens the charm of conversation with her taste and judgment it was after a supper of roots from their garden poultry that rebecca's hand had reared and a jug brewed by young henry that the following discourse took place my son said the elder henry where under heaven shall three persons be met together happy as we three are it is the want of industry or the want of reflection which makes the poor dissatisfied labor gives a value to rest which the idle can never taste and reflection gives to the mind a degree of content which the unthinking never can know i once replied the younger henry considered poverty a curse but after my thoughts became enlarged and i had associated for years with the rich and now mixed with the poor my opinion has undergone a total change for i have seen and have enjoyed more real pleasure at work with my fellow laborers and in this cottage than ever i beheld or experienced during my abode at my uncle's during all my intercourse with the fashionable and the powerful of this world the worst is said rebecca the poor have not always enough who has enough asked her husband had my uncle no he hoped for more and in all his writings sacrificed his duty to his advice had his son enough when he yielded up his honor his domestic peace to gratify his ambition had lady bentham enough when she staked 
all she had in the hope of becoming richer were we my rebecca of discontented minds we have now too little but conscious from observation and experience that the rich are not so happy as ourselves we rejoice in our lot the tear of joy which stole from her eye expressed more than his words a state of happiness he continued i remember when i first came a boy to england the poor excited my compassion but now that my judgment is matured i pity the rich i know that in this opulent kingdom there are nearly as many persons perishing through intemperance as starving with hunger there are as many miserable in the lassitude of having nothing to do as there are of those bowed down to the earth with hard labor there are more persons who draw upon themselves calamity by following their own will than there are who experience it by obeying the will of another add to this that the rich are so much afraid of dying they have no comfort in living there the poor have another advantage said rebecca for they may defy not only death but every loss by sea or land as they have nothing to lose besides added the elder henry there is certain joy of the most gratifying kind that the human mind is capable of tasting peculiar to the poor and of which the rich can but seldom experience the delight what can that be cried rebecca a kind word a benevolent smile one token of esteem from the person whom we consider as our superior to which rebecca replied and the rarity of obtaining such a token is what increases the honor certainly returned young henry and yet those in poverty ungrateful as they are murmur against that government from which they receive the blessing but this is the fault of education of early prejudice said the elder henry our children observe us pay respect even reverence to the wealthy while we slight or despise the poor the impression thus made on their minds in youth is indelible during the more advanced periods of life and they continue to pine after riches and lament under poverty nor is the seeming folly wholly destitute of reason for human beings are not yet so deeply sunk in voluptuous gratification or childish vanity as to place delight in any attainment which has not for its end the love or admiration of their fellow beings let the poor then cried the younger henry no more be their own persecutors no longer pay homage to wealth instantaneously the whole idolatrous worship will cease the idol will be broken End of chapter 47 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. End of Nature and Art by Elizabeth Ichibald.